friend, I'm hosting the third annual One Strong Woman Summit. The theme is Vision Girl. See it, scribe it, speak it. I want you to go over to OneStrongWomanSummit.com and sign up today. You can even find the event on Eventbrite.com. Just search for Vision Girl, see it, scribe it, speak it, third annual One Strong Woman Summit. The registration is free. Sign up. You're going to enjoy this summit. I have some yummy things that I'm planning for the third annual summit. So go over there today to One Strong Woman Summit or check me out on Eventbrite. You're tuned in to the One Strong Woman Show, where everyday heroines bench press life's villains. Merry Christmas to everyone. It's Felice Navidad. Today, I am celebrating 15 years of marriage to my best friend forever, Mr. Gary Bikes Jr. We have had our stages and shares of ups and downs and sickness and health for richer and poor. And marriage is a beautiful, messy thing. And without God in the midst of our marriage for these last 15 years, we would have not uh, made it or seen it. So I just want to say happy anniversary to my love, the love of my life, Mr. Gary Bikes. Thank you so much. Uh, for this awesome, fun journey. And and I look forward to the next 15 plus years, the Lord willing. Today, I want to talk about five unlikely Christmas heroes. And our quote today is from Isaiah 9, 6. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So let's jump right in and talk about these five unlikely Christmas heroes. It is so fitting, since today is Christmas, to talk about the birth of my King, my Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, you cannot have Christmas without talking about the birth of Jesus. And I know that today we're in a society that wants to take Christ out of Christmas And there is no Christmas without Christ. So go on a journey with me as I share about five unlikely Christmas heroes along with the top villains and how we can be like these heroes during this season. Every good story has a hero or more and a villain or more. So the first hero is the mighty Gabriel, whose name means God is my strong man. God is my strong man. Gabriel saved the day by delivering a powerful life-changing message to a little nobody named Mary. He said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So our first hero, the mighty Gabriel, I see in this story, his superpower was a prophetic word from God and an encouraging word. 
one of his abilities was his relationship with God. Gabriel, being an angel, lived in the presence of God all day. His mission and purpose in the story was to be a messenger and to deliver good news from God to Mary, to Joseph, to the shepherds, to Zacharias. And Mary's response to this prophetic word was, be it unto me. It's interesting because later on in the story we see in Luke 1, we see a totally different response to Gabriel as he's going about giving these messages and these prophetic words and encouraging words from God to his people. Zacharias, the high priest, had a whole different response to Gabriel. Zacharias, he was a high priest. He worked in the temple and his wife, Elizabeth, they were both old people. They were barren and fertile. And Gabriel came to deliver good news to Zacharias about him having a son and naming him John. And Zacharias responded in doubt, which I see as one of the villains in the story. Zacharias said to the angel, after the angel said to him that he was going to have a son and told him all these awesome things about him, about his son that's going to be born, Zacharias said, how do you expect me to believe this? I am an old man and my wife is too old to give me a child. What sign can you give me to prove this will happen? Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand before God himself. He has sent me to announce to you this good news. But now, since you do not believe my words, you will be stricken silent and unable to speak until the day my words have been fulfilled at their appointed time and a child is born to you. That will be your sign. Whoa. Oh my goodness. Like, here we see doubt coming in and Zacharias saying, you know, it seems like it was a harmless question, but Gabriel really gave him a severe rebuke for not believing the prophetic word that he was coming to deliver to Zacharias. And we see Mary, she had a whole different response. She was like, yes, let it be unto me as you have said. What can we take away from this mighty hero, Gabriel, for our lives? Well, there's several things. One, have a strong relationship with God, live in his presence and hear from the Lord. And as we're living in his presence and have a relationship with God, God will begin to speak to us and he will send us out as messengers to give a life giving word, prophetic word, encouraging word to others that need it in the season that they're in. So we can be a messenger. Another takeaway is to understand that some people will doubt and reject your message prophetic word or encouraging word like Zacharias. They might not be so ready to jump in with joy at words that you give them, though they may be encouraging. And so we have to understand that that is okay and not to take it personal. Then also understand that others will accept your prophetic word, encouraging word like Mary with joy. So the takeaway is that you can speak what the Lord tells you and leave the rest up to him. And another thing to think about is how can you deliver an encouraging message? Is that through a letter? Is that with a song? Is that with a video, a phone call, a text? 
What does it look like to be a messenger like Gabriel in this season? So I want to encourage us to go out in this season and send that encouraging message to someone right now that you don't know. They're probably waiting and wanting a message and you send them just a text message as a friend. That would be so encouraging to them in this season. The second mighty hero that I want to talk about is Mary. Her name means beloved. Mary, we see Mary. Mary saved the day by saying yes to the call to birth the Son of God in the earth as a virgin. Could you imagine being Mary? You know, you're just going about your day. You know, nothing, nothing spectacular. It's just ordinary. And here comes this mighty messenger from heaven, and he interrupts your life forever. With this life-changing message saying, Mary, you will be the mother of this great savior of the world. And she was betrothed. She was a virgin at the time, betrothed to this man named Joseph. So she's this ordinary girl marked to birth out something great that would impact the world, to birth out the son of God that will save the world. So we see that her yes to the call of God was not a light thing. Like it meant her risking her reputation, it being uh, misunderstood. It meant her risking her life or being put to death, which was the culture, which was culturally okay and acceptable in that day. She loved God more than her reputation. She loved God more than being misunderstood or rejected. And I really admire Mary for that. She counted the call. She didn't care. She said yes to the call to birth out the Son of God. With Mary, I believe that her superhero powers and abilities was that she believed. She was willing to obey and risk her life for the sake of God's call. Mary's mission and purpose in this story was for her to birth out something great in the earth. That was her mission. That was her purpose. And she said yes to that. And I am grateful for Mary's yes to to birth out the son of God in the earth and to accept the call. So what is our takeaway? What can we take away from this mighty hero named Mary? Well, I see three things. To receive the call of God and his purposes and plans for your life, for our life, With joy, and even if it doesn't make sense to us, we don't have to try to figure it out. We don't have to try to figure out how it would happen. We just need to say yes and accept, okay, God, you're calling me to do this. This is your plan for my life. I'm going to accept it with joy. And that's what Mary did. The second thing, count the cost of your yes. Know that it may cost your life. It will cost your reputation. It will cost being rejected. It may cost you being misunderstood by those closest to you. Sometimes we run and we like, yes, we hear, we hear a word or we hear something. We get a dream or we have an idea and we expect people to go along with it. And those closest to us, I'm here to tell you, might not fully understand and might not agree with it, but you have to be okay to say yes anyhow and just run with it. And if they can hear from God for themselves, they might catch up with you and say, okay, I'm, on, I'm going to support you. Or they might not ever catch up. 
but you have to count the costs and are you willing to say yes? Another thing that leads me to my third point, our third takeaway from Mary is to have a willing and obedient heart. Isaiah 1 19 says, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So this is our takeaway from Mary. She showed us these things. And in this season, uh, Christmas time, we can take away what Mary did for our lives. The third hero is the just man, Joseph, Mary's fiance. <laughs> and so we see that Mary tells Joseph that she's pregnant and that he's not the daddy. So this news really takes a blow and a potential threat to Joseph's integrity. What was he to do? The Bible tells us in Matthew 1, 19, that he didn't want to disgrace her. But when he learned of her pregnancy, he secretly planned to break the engagement. So Joseph saved the day by sacrificing himself, his plans, his desires to help carry the vision of God, of deliverance and salvation to God's people. We read about Joseph's sacrifice in Matthew 1, 24 to 25. When Joseph awoke from his dream, he did all that the angel of the Lord instructed him to do. He took Mary to be his wife, but they refrained from having sex until she gave birth to her son, whom they named Jesus. I see Joseph living out Romans 12, 1 and 2 by presenting his body as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. He, being a man now with sexual needs, he waited for nine months plus probably some weeks to have sex with his bride. Like what an act of denying of self and sacrifice that Joseph showed. He also did not conform to the pattern of, the, of his day by publicly shaming his fiance and breaking the agreement. Some translations of the Bible said a divorce. So we see that he had a change of mind by receiving insight from the Lord through the angel. And he was able to discern the good, pleasing and perfect will of God for his life during this season. I'm so grateful for the just man, Joseph. Like he could have been, you know, in his righteousness and in his integrity to say, you know what? No, I'm going to put her away because I'm not the daddy. But he did not. He went along with the call of God and he denied himself. His abilities and superpowers in this story is self-denial, dreams, and obedience. Some of us may not see that as superpowers and abilities, but I see that in this story with Joseph, that he denied himself. The angel warned him in a dream to say, you know what, it's okay to take Mary as your wife. And he obeyed after he had the dream and received the instructions. He obeyed. And sometimes we hear instructions. I hear instructions from God and I am not so quick to obey, but I want my heart in this new year coming up is to be all in, to be quick to obey. And I pray, friend, that you're the same way, that when you receive instructions from God, from through his word, or even through a friend that's, that you trust, that we will be quick to obey, that you will be quick to obey. Joseph's mission and purpose in the story was to support and to run with the vision and plan of God. We see that he was fully supportive of the vision, of the mission, of the pregnancy with his beloved fiance, who was eventually his 
wife. So what is the takeaways from this just man, Joseph, hero? I see several things. One, be a living sacrifice. Understand that it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the purposes and plans of God being fulfilled in the earth. Two, we have to have a renewed mind about his plans, about God's plans and his purposes for our life. They don't fit in a box. They might look totally different from what we expected. Joseph, he didn't expect to probably marry someone that was pregnant and had to wait for them to come together to be husband and wife. He didn't expect that. But God's plans was totally different outside of the box, and he accepted it. So we have to have a renewed mind about God's plans and his purposes for our life. Three, obey and submit to what God is doing in our lives. And if even if those that are closest to us, even if they don't fully understand it, we have to support and we have to obey what God is doing in our lives and even in the lives of others. You might have know someone that you're supporting them and some people don't understand, fully understand it. You've been shown insight from God. And even if that other person or other people or group of people don't, if you have insight from God, then you support and you obey what God is showing you to do. And then the last thing is to listen for divine insight. It might come through dreams, through the word of God, through a trusted friend or a trusted leader that you listen to that and obey. We see that Joseph did that. Joseph listened to the dream. He listened to the angel and he obeyed it. So whether you are a dreamer, whether you um, have impressions, whether it comes through the word or through a friend, listen to those things because God is speaking to us. Proverbs 15:22 says without counsel plans go awry but in the multitude of counselors they are established that is something that we can do we can have counsel Joseph had counsel and the plans they did not be destroyed the plans were established the fourth unlikely heroes I see is the wise men. The wise men, they come on the scene and we see them asking about Jesus. They said, where's the child who was born king of the Jews? We observed his star rising in the sky and we have come to bow before him in worship. We see that in Matthew 2, 2. Now, when they asked this question, there was a villain named Herod. He was very disturbed by this question. And so were the people in Jerusalem. They were disturbed by this. And what Herod did, the villain, he secretly contacted the wise men and he told them, now go to Bethlehem and carefully look there for the child. And when you find him, report to me so that I can go and bow down and worship him too. We know that that was a lie, that he really didn't want to go worship this child. But he was on a mission to destroy King Jesus. But the wise men, they took him up on that. They said, okay, they took the journey and they found the baby. They bowed down and they worshiped him and they opened up their treasure box full of gifts and they presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we see that in Matthew 2, 11. Why do I think the wise men were heroes in this time? Because they were sent on the mission really by Herod to go out to see, to report, and to come back. But the wise men, they saved the day by not telling 
the villain Herod where the baby was located. They went another way, totally different. They went home another way after they was warned by God in a dream not to go back to Herod. So they saved the day. They did not, they did not snitch out the king. They did not. They saw him, they bowed down, they worshiped, and they just went about their life. They found what they were searching for. We see earlier on, where is he at? They found him and they presented gifts to the king. The wise men's superpowers and abilities in this story are wisdom, asking the right questions, insight, dreams, and knowing the times and seasons. Their mission and purpose in the story was to seek and find the newborn king, to worship him and bring him three gifts. So what is the takeaway from these heroes? One I see is to inquire of the king of kings. This is what we can take away for our lives that we see with the wise man is to inquire about the king of kings. What is he doing in this time? What, what is he planning to do? David said in Psalms 27, 4, one thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Number two, to seek and go after the king of kings. David said in Psalms 27, 8, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, will I seek. And number three, we can understand the times and the seasons, like the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. That is in 1 Chronicles 12, 32. Give him all your gifts and abilities. And we have to remember that our gift will make room for us and bring us before great men. And though in this story, we see Jesus as a baby, he was a great man, the God man and the king. So we give our gifts and our abilities to the king. God will open doors for us as we give our gifts and our abilities to him. Another thing is to heed wise counsel and warnings from God. Some of you, God gives you dreams and God gives you warnings in dreams. And we are called to pay attention to those dreams that God gives us because they are to help us in our lives and to help others. So don't do not pass go. I think about Monopoly. I don't know where you're from, if you even know about Monopoly, but there's this thing with Monopoly and you get this little card and it said, do not pass go. Do not pass go, especially when God is telling you to go another way. The wise men, God warned them in a dream, do not pass go. Do not go back to Herod. Go a different way. I want to encourage us to take these pointers from the wise men for our lives. The last but surely not least hero that I want to talk about, the fifth hero is King Jesus. He was the firstborn son. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes, he laid in the manger, the manger which was a feeding uh, used for food for animals because there was no room with, for him in the end. People came from near and far to see him. They worshipped him. They brought him gifts. People were disturbed by his birth. They were threatened by his birth and they sought to kill him. Could you imagine being in this place? It was such a humble beginning for the king of kings. This newborn king, Jesus, he saved the day by coming through a virgin womb and giving hope to his people of him being a mighty savior who would save the world one day. And I see 
this newborn king and the story, his abilities. I don't think that they're fully seen or revealed in this time, in this story. But one thing that I do see about this is that he is the God man and he commanded worship that all those that we see about the story, they came to worship him, the wise men, the shepherds, they came to worship this little baby lying in a major. And his mission and his purpose in the story was to be the savior of the world. Now, what can we take away from this mighty savior of the world, King Jesus? There's several things. Number one, embrace being in a humble place, being positioned in a humble place like the manger, like Jesus was placed in a manger. Allow your dreams, your goals, your business, your plans, your ministries, your ideas to be birthed and positioned in a humble place and to understand that your destiny, your purpose, your plans, your ideas, your ministry, your business must start in a humble place, though it be great. Jesus was the promised Messiah, the King of Kings. However, he was birthed in a humble place. Number two is to allow yourself to be wrapped in limitations and restrictions just for a season, like Jesus in swaddling clothes. Swaddling clothes is a, a narrow strip of cloth wrapped around an infant to restrict movement for those that are immature and inexperienced. So though you may be starting out in some things, there might be some immaturity there. There might be some inexperience. If you're going into a new field, maybe a new job or a new business or a new area, there's something new, a new ministry, something new that you are doing. There might be a time in a season for you. You might need to be okay with limitations being put on you of exposure and visibility until it's time for you to be revealed to the world. Another thing is to accept the fact that people will feel threatened by the call of God on your life. And there's nothing really that you can do about it. But you can keep your eyes on obeying the Father and staying humble. Jesus, you know, we don't see Jesus getting all bent out of shape because King Herod is really upset and threatened by him being the next king. We don't see that at all. We see Jesus being at rest. We see him lying in a manger at rest, at peace, not even tripping about somebody being threatened by him. And that's the way that we need to be. We need to be okay with people will be threatened by the call of God, by that idea, by that business, by um, status, or just by you just being you. People in your circle can be threatened by you but for you to stay humble and keep your eyes on God like Jesus. Be at peace, be at rest, and know that God will protect you. Another thing is to ask God to give you spiritual mothers and fathers who will help walk with you in this journey, in this season, to help you grow into mature into what God has called you to be. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You know, some of you might be listening like, well, I don't, you know, I'm 50, I'm 60, 70 years old, and I don't need a spiritual mom and spiritual father. Well, you need, everybody needs somebody to encourage them to be the best 
who God is calling to be. We all need that encouragement. We all need someone to speak into our lives. And Jesus had his mom and his dad there to help nourish and help him grow up. And it says of Jesus that he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Ask God to surround you with people that can help you grow and to mature and to learn and to have favor with God and man in the season of your life. So where are you, friend, in this season, in this Christmas holiday season? Who do you identify with? What unlikely Christmas hero can you see, can you relate to the most? Is it the mighty Gabriel delivering good news, being a good messenger to people that will impact their future and impact their lives and the lives of others? Is it being like a mighty Mary, receiving the call with a willing heart and obedient heart? Do you identify with the just man, Joseph, who lived as a living sacrifice and made it all about doing the will of God and denying himself? Is it like the wise men that you are in this season where you can understand and know what God wants in the season? Are you inquiring of God? Are you seeking his face? Has he given you dreams, wanting dreams that you need to heed? Or is it like King Jesus? Are you in a place of humility and something new is on the horizon and you're called to do some great things and you're called to have a mighty impact in the world, but you're right now need to be in an obscure place and a humble place. Is that you? And is there restrictions put on you? Do you need a spiritual mother and a father? Wherever you find your place today, wherever you find yourself, whoever you identify with, be encouraged to walk as that unlikely hero and know that the Lord is with you. So, friend, I just want to say Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for tuning in again to listening to this episode of the five Christmas heroes, five unlikely Christmas heroes. Share this. If you enjoy this, I want you to share this with a friend, share it with the frenemy, let them know about the five unlikely Christmas heroes. And so until next time, I want you to be strong. I want you to be bold. I want you to be resilient and bench press life's villains. Bye-bye.